When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of In the Trenches here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. I am your host, Noah Hiles, and joining me, as always, are two key members of the Pitt Panthers offense, Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew, my co-hosts. Fellas, another week, another really tough loss. I don't think we need to really dilly-dally around. I think we can just get right into it. Pitt loses 17-6 in Morgantown, West Virginia, falls to 1-2 and on the year. Clearly not what you guys were hoping for. Clearly not where you guys expected to be at this point in the season. But we got to talk about it. And once again, you know, the offense wasn't ideal by any means. Want to hear just your personal thoughts on what you think went wrong. We'll start with Jake. Yeah, no, I think uh, it just, you know, you can't score six points and expect to win, you know. Your defense, our defense did a great job, you know, shutting down to 17 points and giving us a chance to win, you know, multiple times, you know, from from the third quarter on. And we just, we didn't take, you know, we didn't take full advantage of that. And, you know, that's, that's how you get beat on the road. You know, you, you got to score touchdowns. That's a big thing. We, you know, kicked two field goals and, you know, we just, we didn't execute at a high level from an offensive standpoint. You know, it was always just one guy. It wasn't this time around. I don't feel like it was one unit that really didn't do their job or, up to a high standard, I think it was just it was just one person on each play that you know missed a block or missed an assignment or you know we didn't make a throw or you know we we missed the run lane. Like there's there's always one person on each play, and you know sitting in film on Sunday, that's it's just it's awful just going through and be like, oh man, if that that could be the play right there. If you know if I get a block, you know that could spring it for a touchdown or the wide receiver, you know get a crack or just something, you know. It, and that's that's just the difference. That's how small it is between the wins and losses and that's just something that where it comes down to details and that's something we got to be more more detailed and get it fixed and come you know come out against uh, UNC and start uh start winning on the ACC yeah no I mean I think it was a tough loss offensively um you know we couldn't really do much but you know I feel like we started out kind of hot in the run game and then you know we couldn't execute and then from there on out you know it was a penalty the second drive that kind of killed all the momentum and then, you know, just us not executing, like Cradle said, you know, we were one guy away from breaking a play, you know, that could have been a difference maker in the game and, you know, changed the outcome. But unfortunately, it wasn't the case. And, um, you know, I think we learned a lot, you know, this week in film, you know, it wasn't pretty, but, you know, everyone kind of learned something, something they can improve on. And, you know, I think going into this week against UNC, uh, I think this week is going to be the week that we click. So, guys, I mean, I'm going to get a little uh... – off base here or outside the box, I guess, with my thinking, neither of you played basketball, but like a, a cliche in basketball is you just need to see one go through the hoop. It, do, do you feel like that can kind of be applied to the offense right now where like you guys just need kind of like one really good drive where it's not just something where it's like a big catch that sets up a touchdown or someone breaks a big run, but like one drive where, Phil goes five for five through the air and no penalties and, and no missed blocks and just one seven, eight play 80 yard drive that kills like four minutes a clock against a really good opponent like North Carolina. 
Do you think like that's all it might take just to get you guys going right now? Because it seems like there's just a clear lack of confidence on in your on your end. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great way to put it. That's a great analogy, and I think I think if you look back to West Virginia game, that that first drive, right? You know, if we finish in the end zone, like I'm not saying that that's a whole different game, but you know, you start up seven nothing on the road on your first possession, and they they went three and out, like they have no confidence, you know. And um, our defense, you know, was just suffocating all day. So, I mean, if we would have scored there and just kept the momentum up, I mean, who knows? It could be a totally different game. But, you know, it's, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, right? And um, we only got three on that drive. So, I mean, that's that's where I think starting out in UNC, we have to go down the field, put one in, and just keep it rolling, you know, just see it go through and, you know, keep the, keep the pedal to the metal. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely think uh... – you know, you were right about like the confidence. I think we were lacking that a little bit. And I feel like, you know, we get a taste of it and then, you know, like kind of just goes away. But, you know, I feel like this game this week, uh, like Cradle said, if we just come out hot and just, you know, march down the field, you know, we can really do whatever we want from there and uh, we'll be successful. And so just just looking at, you know, how this gets turned around, how does this happen? Uh, and and and. I understand that's a very wide-range question. You could give a simple answer. It's like, well, we just need to score more points. Or you could go, you know, into great detail about, well, this player needs to do this and this player. But, like, where there's so many areas to kind of, like, nitpick, like, what's the biggest thing that needs to change right now? Is it just simply a confidence boost? Is it scheme? Is it, it what, what needs to really change in order for – that first shot to go in and you guys to get rolling again. I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's really just the details. Like as you know, cliches that sounds like the scheme's fine. The scheme's there. We we see the plays that could be made if we just focus on our details. If we focus on you know making that block, that extra block on the second level, you know it springs a long run. You know it's just all about the details, the footwork from every position. You know, offense line, running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers. You know it's. It's the small things that really, you know, create bigger things, good or bad. And that's the thing I think we're so close to really, you know, having, you know, great explosives to really, you know, open the game up. And we're just we're missing it just due to the small details. So I think, honestly, when it comes down to it this week, if we just focus on the small things, you know, that'll, that'll turn into big things. Yeah, like you said, I think it's really just the execution on our part. Um you know, looking at the tape, it's always something that, you know, we did. It's nothing that, like, our opponents did. You know, I feel like the coach talks about it all the time. Like, every game we played this year, like, we lost it. It's nothing that they did. It's, you know, like, you know, we just got to own it. And that's something moving forward that, you know, it's tough. But you just got to move on week by week and, you know, just go with the game plan the next week. And, you know, it's just the way it is. Football's tough. Life's tough. Just how it is. On the note of your coach, uh, I gotta ask. I mean, how how has he been in practice this week? Uh, is 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 he a little extra tense? Or is the entire staff a little bit more intense? And and if they are, should they be? Because I mean, this is a big week, and maybe they need to turn up the dial a couple notches to get you guys going. I wouldn't say they're tense or anything like that. I just think it's they. Like I said earlier about details, they want to know. Like it's just focus on the small things, focus on the little things, like. Because truly, like, it's just – it's all the small thing that accumulates to the bigger things. And I just think they're looking for smaller things now to, to micromanage, which is how it should be. You know, you, you got to look in the mirror and everyone has to do this. You know, what like, what am I doing wrong? What, what can I do better? What am I 
not maximizing and, you know, go from there and, you know, try to try to make those, those uh, corrections and move on. Yeah. I don't think they're doing anything crazy this week. Um, you know, obviously it's a big game, but like, I feel like they have confidence in us to know that we're going to figure it out and get this thing rolling. So. Yeah. And, and that onto that, I think, you know, we always stress like, you know, you, you lose a game, you don't really change anything. You know, we, we've had, we've had this program for coach dude has been here for nine years now. And we've been, I think this is my maybe third time in this position starting one and two, like there's nothing that you change. You stick to your program, your mentality and how you practice and just get better. Just find a way, you know, the ball's not always going to like roll your way, but you know, you can control what you can control and move on and make the best out of it. All right. So I think that's, uh, I mean, if it's okay with you guys, we don't have to talk about the West Virginia loss again. Is that, is that, is that yeah, all right I'm with all right. you guys? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, like good that, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I felt like that would be the case. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're actually going to be joined by the best offensive player from the West Virginia game. The guy who's responsible for all six of the Panthers points uh, last week, Ben Sauls, starting kicker. Sun Bowl hero will be joining the show to be interviewed by Jake and Gavin when we return on In the Trenches with Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew. On In the Trenches with Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew, Ben Sauls will soon be joining us for... A guest appearance, an interview by these two fine gentlemen to my left and right. But before we get to that, Jake, who is this uh, segment brought to us by? In the Huddle is brought to you by the one place in Pittsburgh where you can caffeinate and create, Brushes and Beans Cafe in Murraysville. At Brushes and Beans Cafe, you can enjoy a delicious latte, cappuccino, cold brew, and much more while relaxing and creating your very own masterpiece. For more info, visit our website at www.brushesandbeanscafe.com. Dot com or give them a call at 724-610-3782. Just a natural ad read, as natural as they come. Well done, <laughs> Jacob. All right, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna step back now. We're gonna bring in Ben Sauls and fellas. Go ahead, take it away. What's up, guys? What's ben, up, buddy? It's, it's great to have you here, man. I'm just I'm hanging fine. out on the podcast. You know, so uh, I, I just want to start off my first question. You know, you uh you've been a guy that you've been you start. You were committed to Boston College, and then Iowa State, and then to Pitt. Like, what? How was that whole recruiting process for you? And like, going from one school to another, and like, what? What made you pick Pitt over those two other schools that you were highly interested in? Yeah. So I actually I got a decent story here. Um, I just got into kicking. Right, it's my freshman year of high school. Just got into kicking. Um, apparently, I was pretty good. I didn't know it yet, but I was pretty good. So. Um, the, the kicker at Cincinnati at the time, he had seen my videos and he hit me up. You want to train this and that. So he took me to his coach. And the first time I saw him, he, the first day he said, you're going to play division one football. So, okay, but you know, whatever, dude, you know, you just <laughs> money. but you know, I kept going back to his camps, kept winning. And it was the third camp I went to and it was a sophomore high school. And he said, he looked at me, he said, you're going to go play at, at university of Pittsburgh one of these days. I said, okay, dude, whatever. Again, that day I met, I met Kessman and I know cradle, you know, Kessman real well. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if you had a season with him. Yeah, but no, I, I didn't. Kessman, and uh, he explained to me, he's like, dude, you know, as a kicker, if your goal is to get to, uh, you know, the highest level, Pittsburgh's a great place to do it. Uh, they have great coaches. You know, you're kicking at Heinz field. 
you're kicking in the weather against the ACC teams. Like it's a good situation for kickers. If you can do well here, you know, you can do well a lot of places. So that ultimately was in the back of my head the whole time, but I didn't have any offers. So my first offer came in my junior year and uh, I went and took a private visit to uh, Boston college did a private workout. Um, and they offered me right then and there. They're like, dude, you can have the spot. It's yours. Um, but if you say no, we're going to pull it. And Damn. it was, yeah, it was my first, it was my first harsh. like, dude, I can't lose that dude. Cause you guys get it, man. Those offers, man, especially the first one. Yeah. It's yeah. huge. You feel a type of way. So yeah, I you need the first one had to jump on it. And, uh, for six months, I was committed to Boston College until they fired their staff. Mm. So, like, like honestly, I doubt you got – like, I don't know, but I wouldn't go to a program where I didn't know anybody, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You need that like, comfort. You don't know the coaches. You don't know the, the GAs. You don't know – Right. Like, you see the guys you're committed with start decommitting, and so I decommitted. Um, and immediately that day, I got a call – Hey, this is Campbell over at Iowa State. You know, we're going to offer you a full ride. And I'm thinking, well, those just don't come every day. So let's do it. You know, let's go. To Iowa State. <laughs> so two days after that, Narduzzi calls me and he's like, Do you want a scholarship to Pitt? And I always did. <laughs> so yeah. So I was like, All right, Iowa State, I'm sorry. After two days, they were, they were not happy, but um, yeah. I'm, glad I, I'm glad I ended up here for sure. Yeah, that's, no, that's that's awesome. That's that's like crazy to just see like, but I feel like yeah, as a kicker, like they there's not many people going to offer, so you gotta like jump on it now. Or you're like you you said the Boston coach was like, look, you have it, or if you don't commit, you're not exactly. They said that honor right it. when you walk out the doors, it's gone. And I was like, wow, you know. And honestly, looking back at it, um, that's kind of rough for an 18 year old. Yeah, hundred you know percent. I mean, that's a big choice. You like, know? yeah. I took, you know, I just, it is what it is, but, but everything works out for a reason. 100%. That it does. Glad um, you're here. Yeah, no, absolutely. But um, taking it back to last year, what was that game winner like? Because I feel like that was like probably one of the craziest games that I've been a part of, like college and high school, like all my career. Like that was a wild, that was like a movie. It really was. That was like a movie. Yeah. What was so cool about it was like, there were plays on, on every side of the ball, every phase, like dude mm-hmm. stepped up, dude mm-hmm. total. That was one of probably, since I've been here at least, one of the best team wins that I've I've seen. 100%. Because we had like, what, nine nine guys out, ten guys out? A lot. Yeah, we had a lot of guys out. And everyone was making plays. But, yeah. but you know, that, that – I've never kicked five field goals in a game. My senior year of high school, I had five attempts in the whole year. So Jeez. after going one for one and then you're two for two and then you go three for three, like it just keeps flowing. And so yeah. I try and stay very neutral during the game, like with my emotions and, and how I am. I try not to get too into it. Although recently I've been getting probably too into it. And, <laughs> dude, I, I, I was so calm and relaxed. Like, like I've been nervous for kicks before. Yeah. That last one, there was no, there was no nerves. I knew I knew Byron was going to snap a great ball. Mm-hmm. I knew Cam was going to get it there in perfect hold. Like if I just hit through it the way I do every day, it'll probably go in. And you know, you just rely like Doozy said it in the meeting: be process oriented. Mm-hmm. Don't, like, don't worry about the outcome. You focus yeah. on the process; the outcome will be what it is. Mm-hmm. So in my head, it's always you know step here, step there, plant here, make contact here, 
and it's probably going to go in, dude. But but I'll tell you what, I've never even attempted a game winner. It's one of the coolest things I've ever done. I bet that's sweet. I mean, so that was your first one, and your first ever even attempt at a game winner. It was, but it doesn't it doesn't yeah. seem that way though. Like from no, my I, perspective, you know what I mean. Like every it's all the same. It's all yeah. the same pick every time. You know, regardless of the score. That's wild. Wow. And like to to I guess piggyback off that, like you know, like we talked, like you're you're a great golfer, man. Like that's one thing I know we like to do in the summer is go golfing, go go quicksilver wherever you know. How would you relate golfing to kicking? You know, I mean, like it's kind of goes hand in hand. I feel like, but you know more. I mean, one so, shot at a time. Yeah, dude. I mean, it, it makes. I feel like the more you think about it, the more the more sense it makes. But that club face of the of the club is no different than your foot making mm. the same contact and the same motion over and over again. And you guys, this is something you guys can can definitely relate to. Is like, or I guess in the opposite, you all understand it but not relate to it. Like I don't have anybody across the line for me. Yeah. You know, so every opportunity I get, you know, besides snap and hold, it's me and myself and the ball. So with golf, it's just you and yourself and the ball. And not to mention, it doesn't matter what you did on the next shot. It doesn't matter what you just did previous to this. Like, this is your shot that you have now. Here's the ball. Figure out a way to, you know, put it where you want to put it. It's mm. more than, it's, I'd say definitely it's it's the repetition. It's just the same, the same motion over and over right. again. Um, but dude, I'll tell you what, when I'm, when I'm striping the golf ball, I'm usually kicking pretty well and vice versa. <laughs> it goes both ways. I'll tell you what, you, you played, you played really good golf this summer. So yeah, I think you guys saw my best round because I, yes. the last round I, I shot like a 90 and it was not good. But <laughs> That's why it was the last one next year to come now. Um, what was it like competing for a spot last year compared to this year where like, you really didn't have any competition. Like we didn't really have a kicker there for you to compete with and you know does that change anything for you mentally because i know like we've had like side talks about kicking and like how mental it is because you know that's a big part of the game as well yeah i got a lot of my um like the mental strain of it i, I used to be able to talk to nick a lot you know patty mm -hmm. at the time that i was competing for my job you know he was competing for his right and he gave so much good insight just on how to approach it you know at the end of the day you can only control yourself. You can only do what you can do. You can only focus on what you can do. So actually by competing with, with Scarton at the time, by competing with him while I was doing it, I thought it was me against him. It took that competition for me to realize it's me against myself and that's it. And once yeah. I realized that and it finally clicked, like the results speak for themselves. But, uh, you know, like I said earlier in this, in this podcast, everything happens for a reason. Like, there's a reason I didn't get the job and there's a reason, you know, from that of where I am today. And, uh, I'm definitely thankful for it, but it's, it's, it's nice. It, like in regard to your question, yeah, you know, pressure is a privilege. So for mm -hmm. that, that fact, I, I appreciated, you know, Sam was putting up a fight now yeah, uh, and I don't have that anymore. And that just, it's going to help me more, you know, competing with myself every day. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Ben, that, that was some great stuff on your end. Uh, I really appreciate those stories. I want to ask one thing just to follow up on what you said um, as a golfer, one who is not as good as you. Um, when you talk about how you strike the football the same way you strike as a golf ball, I never really even thought about it in this sense. Like they tell you, you always like when you're hitting an iron, you want to, you want your like practice swing. You want to be hitting like, ahead of the ball, right? 
Like if your divot is behind the ball, you're not going to hit it well. Is that the same way you go about like kicking? Like, are you like thinking like I should be, you know, your swing is like kick through the ball. It's it's when I say it's the exact same, I mean, not, not to a T right. But it's the exact same. I mean, it, when I miss a kick, I know exactly what happened when it happened to it, to like a little, like I said, to a T, like just every time automatically. And, and because of that, I can do that with my golf game. And it's just, it's just that club head, you know, I see it as my leg hitting a ball and that club heads, like you said, hitting down on it. You don't want to be too far in front. You don't want to be too behind sweet spot of the club on the sweet spot of the ball. It's all that repeated and, and it's a fun job. And one other question, I mean, every athlete kind of dreams of having those, you know, I'm him moments. <laughs> I mean, how, how did it feel to have one of those? Like, you, you know, you, you hit that on CBS national game. Everyone's watching that one. That was the biggest bowl game of the day. I mean, that, that had to have been like one of the coolest experiences of your life. It was one of the coolest experiences. I mean, and that's that's a pretty, you know, blank statement almost. Um, it was really reassuring, you know, because every player goes through doubts of themselves, Every player goes through, you know, maybe a dark period in their career where they don't understand themselves as an athlete, as a player uh, quite yet. And, uh, you know, the year in 2021, you know, it was a beautiful ACC championship. But in my position with myself, you know, I didn't do what I wanted to do. So if anything, it was just reassuring that I can be him every once in a while. All right. Fair enough. All right. So that concludes the interview. Now it's time for the game. This week's game is Pitt Athletics Hall of Fame Trivia. So if you guys didn't know, at halftime during your game or sometime during your game, the 2023 class of the Pitt Athletics Hall of Fame will be recognized, 12 members in that class. I think they get enshrined actually Friday, and they will be honored at your game Saturday. So they'll be in attendance, some big names obviously in that class. Um, So we're going to do some trivia in honor of that. Ben, the way this works, do you have something to write with? Yes. All right, so we need a, you need a pen and paper. You're going to have to write these answers down. Uh, the first four questions are each worth 10 points. And then the fifth question, it's like Jeopardy, so you can wager as much as you'd like. The standings in this are Jake is 2-0. and oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. My boy Gavin has not done well. No. Uh, it's, 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 it's been a real struggle. It really has. It would be great to see Gavin, you know, put up a little bit more of a fight here, but we'll, we'll see how he does. The guests have done okay, uh, but it, it is the sport. The writers are saying, you know, is is Jake bad for the podcast because of how dominant he is? Like, it might be time to. He's like a super team in a sense, so they're <laughs> they're they're having a problem with it. So we'll start it off now. First round is going to be really easy. Uh, I, I I don't think any of you guys will miss this one, but we'll see. So the first first athlete, Pitt Athletics Hall of Fame trivia. First uh, three clues for each person. So player or person one, he is a member of this year's 2023 class. He finished second in Heisman Trophy voting in 2003, and he caught a touchdown. In 18 straight games, which still today is an NCAA record. He did this while at Pitt. So, again, member of the 2023 Hall of Fame class, 
finished second in Heisman Trophy voting in 2003, and caught a touchdown in 18 straight games during his time at Pitt. This should be a very easy one. I'm going to give you guys three seconds. Do you all have your answers? Okay. Three, two, one, reveal. We got Larry Fitz. Larry Fitz. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. My, my screen's blurry, but it's Larry Fitz. Okay. So everyone <laughs> got 10. All right. I was going to say, if you guys didn't know that one, don't know what this is. All right. Second question. This man was a three-time All-American at Pitt. Like Larry Fitzgerald, he also finished second in Heisman voting, but did so in 1980. And as far as the record books go, he still holds the program record for career sacks, 49. Again, 49 career sacks, three-time All-American, second in Heisman Trophy voting, and I'll add even one more in my dad's favorite college football player of all time. <laughs> Told me endless stories about this guy. And if I were ever to interview him, he would lose his mind. So not that that would help you guys at all, but I just want to give him a shout-out because that this is my dad's guy. All right, answer in five, four, three, two, one. Who do we got? We got oh boy, Hugh. Ben. Who do you got? Hugh Green? Hugh Green. All right, Hugh Green is correct. So everyone's two for two. All right, there's going to be a steep jump in these next three. There are no more football hey. players. I will tell you that now. So it's going to get a little harder. <laughs> wow. These next, this next one, you guys still should probably know if you've been around Pitt Athletics long enough and and know your history, you should know this guy. This man. He's the first player to ever lead the Big East in rebounding back-to-back seasons. He did so in 1987 and 1988. He was selected by the Denver Nuggets in the first round of the 1988 draft. And he's most famously known for a backboard-shattering dunk against Providence, where he was told to send it in by CBS's Digger Phelps. I... I heard that help in the background. I don't know who said that, but (laughs) no worries. (laughs) All right. I I think you guys know this one too. Go ahead and show your answers in three, two, one. Nah, man. (laughs) What do you got, Ben? Question marks, man. Oh, you got one. All right. The answer is Jerome Lane. Ben, you never heard send it in, Jerome? I've seen it. I know who I knew who it was. I don't know the name. And you're an Ohio <laughs> guy. He, that's an Akron guy. I didn't see. I'm, I'm behind. All right. <laughs> so these next two are going to be hard. I'm not going to lie. I'll be surprised. I maybe one of you might get this one. Uh, I, I'm if I had to guess, I think Jake might get this one just because he's been around long enough. This guy probably spoke to your team at some point. Um, but hmm. if you are a Pitt Athletics guy, you would you should know this name. So person number four was originally recruited to pit for football, but actually switched over to track, which was his great sport. He is a three-time NCAA champion hurdler, and he is a two-time Olympic gold medalist in the 110-meter hurdles, winning gold in 1984 and 1988. This guy is 
widely revered as the best athlete in the history of the University of Pittsburgh. Again, recruited for football, switched over to track and field, was a three-time NCAA champion, hurdler, and a two-time Olympic gold medalist in the 110-meter hurdles. I believe he held a world record at one point in time, uh, won gold in the Olympics in 84 and 88. I'm going to give you guys five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Show your guesses. I don't got an answer. Gavin with the correct answer. Ow. Roger. Bang, baby. <laughs> wow, Gavin, Damn, how did I you say that. that? I was doing a little research before. You know, I was tired of getting beat up by Jake, so I had to touch up on the history, everything. Okay. You're just, yeah. Just reading stuff, I guess? Just reading stuff, you know? Trying to get around more. This dude's cheating. Cheating. Okay. I'm cheating. I don't know what you're talking about, Craig. Okay. Just like that. <laughs> All right. All right. So this last one, Final Jeopardy. How much are you guys willing to bet? So Gavin is in the lead with 40 points. Jake is in second with 30. Ben is in third with 20. I'm guessing Ben, you're gonna guess it. You're gonna All risk the it. Way, man. Put it on. Ben's Put it putting on 20. All 20 on the on the table. Jake, same thing for you. Yep, let's do it. All right. Gavin? Don't do it all. Okay, Gavin's feeling himself. For I'm Gavin to be in the lead and bet on himself going five for five is, is quite the risk. We'll see if you can finish off a perfect game. There's only two, clu- cl- only two clues for this one as well. Because it's the hardest question. This athlete. Actually, we'll, we'll add a third one. This athlete is, is a woman, okay? So not a male. She is the all-time leading scorer in basketball history at the University of Pittsburgh. Men's or women's with 2,312 career points. And her jersey, number 24, is retired. There's five jerseys in Pitt basketball history that have been retired. Four of them are men's players. One of them is a women's basketball player. She is that. She is her. All-time leading scorer in school history. Give me your guesses. When did she play here? Uh, I, I think it was 87 to 91. Cake. Yeah, if you know. All right. Do Don't worry about me. You, did, did she coach here? She did not coach here. All right, three, two. Do do Ben, Ben, Jake, and Gavin. Gavin, you seem pretty confident. Do, do you actually? Do any of you guys have an answer? No, I got it. Show me your. Yeah. Jake doesn't have an answer. Ben doesn't no. have an answer. Lori Johnson is correct. Honestly, yeah. Great. Get I told here. you. I Get told you. I knew. Great. I told you. I knew. That was fishy. Dude, yeah, hey. I like that. I'm going to go check his room. He got something in there. All right, he got chat GPT up or something. Full, full disclosure, I told Gavin all the answers before we recorded. We need to get him you on would. The board. <laughs> oh, you didn't bad. even do a good job lying. I know. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't you, help myself. I told you to think of an alibi as to why you would know who Roger Kingdom and Lori Johnson are. And you said – I was doing my research. Like, <laughs> like you, I mean, you gave them away that I told you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I couldn't really think of anything. So, 
<laughs> Man, you guys are frauds. <laughs> Look, Jake, you guys are 0-2 when you win. So I'm just trying to get a little mojo going. Because recording these shows after a loss, not as fun as after a win. So we'll just right, switch yeah. it up here. Yeah, we got to get Gavin in, in the win column. I'm sorry to, <laughs> to, to take away from the integrity of these games. That will not happen in the future. I promise not to fix anything ever again because even when I try to fix it, Gavin tell, tells, the, tells the other people playing that he cheated. So, and Ben is just shocked and silent. He, he is yeah, never. I, I, got, I took an L, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, oh, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we will go through four down territory and wrap up the show here on In the Trenches with Jake Gradle and Gavin Bartholomew. Back here on In the Trenches with Jake Cradle and Gavin Bartholomew. We are at four down territory, but before we get to that, we need to know who's our presenting sponsor for this segment, Gavin. Who's it brought to us by? Uh, uh, this segment is sponsored by Rendine Consulting, helping companies, staff integrate and optimize their technology systems. Call 412-965-5933 for your technology needs. All right. So big thanks to uh, our pal, Mr. Rendine, for, for sponsoring this segment. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get right into it. Uh, four down territory, looking for quick answers here. But, you know, if it leads to a discussion, I'm all for it. So first down, we always go over a headline. My headline this week comes from ESPN, and it says Colorado State player, comma, family received death threats after hit. Um, don't think you guys had a chance to watch this game, obviously. Maybe you watched it on the, on the bus ride back. I don't know. Uh, Colorado, Colorado State, great game. Uh, but in that game early in the first quarter, Travis Hunter took a nasty late hit, knocked him out of the game. He was actually hospitalized because of it. Looks like he's going to be okay. And while it was a dirty hit, you know, that the player who laid it on him received death threats. So did his family. Uh, not necessarily looking for a reaction from you guys. I think we can all agree death threats are bad. Um, but each of you have been, you know, playing at this level of college football for a couple of years now. And you're each in a position where, you know, Jake, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how you didn't play great against Cincinnati. And Gavin, you know, you dropped passes. And Ben, you've missed kicks. Uh, I want to know, I mean, has this kind of stuff ever happened with you guys or anything maybe even to a lesser of a severity? Do you guys get this kind of hate when you play poorly? And Or do you know people who, who do? I know one of your teammates is kind of going through this right now. And how do you process that? How do you handle it? And wh what's it like going through something like this? We'll, we'll start with Gavin. We'll just go around the circle. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've never really experienced anything like that um, since I've been here, thankfully. I um, feel like that'd be kind of tough to deal with that, you know, a little shocking. But, um, I mean, yeah, as you know, uh, I'm sure Phil, you know, obviously fans, people aren't happy with him. But, you know, for us to be uh, the best teammates that we can is just to be there for him, you know. He's our quarterback. He's still our leader. And, uh, you know, we got to put our trust in him and, you know, just pick him up when he's down, you know, tell him, you know, no, whatever happens outside, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, the only people that matter are the people that like in our room. So, and on the team. So, you know, that's just the word around and uh, what we've been, you know, trying to tell him. Ben. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, 
at the end of the day, college football, um, you know, it's fun for us, but it's a business and it's an entertainment. And, uh, you know, I can speak on a personal note, you know, especially after Tennessee last year, um, people figure out who you are very easily. You know, they can contact you very easily. Um, you know, after the Tennessee game, I think I had over 50 DMs just right after the game. Um, and it's usually not nice stuff, but, but with all of that, you know, when you're, when you're doing well and you're up, people love you. When you're, when you're not doing well and you're down, people hate you, you know, one minus one is zero. So I try and just stay neutral. Um, or I guess, you know, try not to try not to take anything too, too serious. Just cause like I said, it's a business and it's an entertainment and I get it. And, uh, expectations are high in Pittsburgh. You know, I think we were eight, three last year getting booed mid season. Yeah. Boo city, Pennsylvania, right guys? Yo. Yep. <laughs> Jake. Nah, that, that's the, I understand it's a business and it's one of those things where, Hey, people have, especially in Boo city, you know, people have high expectations and, you know, they want to see winners and they'll let you know about it. And that's, I, I haven't personally got let known about it, but I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, you hate to see it, but you understand that's what comes with the job and responsibility of it. So, you know, it's one of those things where like, even, even this week, I, I deleted Twitter. I was, I was sick of going on there and just seeing just negative things. I mean, it's, I mean, you guys know you have to report on everything. So, you know, you have a, I'm always seeing your tweets and everything. And I'm just kind of like, you know, like I'm just, I was like, look, if I just focus on myself and the team, don't worry about what other people are saying about myself and other people, I'll make things a lot easier. And it's just, that's why I, you know, I deleted Twitter. I'm like, look, I don't, I don't need to see this stuff. Like it's, it's one of those things. So, I mean, that's what I think for all college athletes that deal with it, just, you know, delete your social media and move forward and, you know, put your head down and grind. So if you deleted Twitter, um, did you, did you get a chance to see your coach offering me a spot on the team? Uh, oh, so I actually did get to see that. That's okay. I think I saw that and then quickly, you know, I think the next day I, <laughs> I deactivated it. Is that, was that what you're like? I, you know, this is where I draw the line. I'm not snapping. Yeah, this is really like, a five right. foot eight sports writer. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was, I was kind of, you know, I just, it, honestly what it was, it was, it wasn't even like your tweets or anything. It was just, it was seeing all the fans talk about Phil. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. And that's, it was like, it was one of those things where it's like, I, I know who Phil is as a person. I know, you know, the player he is. I, I played the kid in high school and he kicked my ass 64 nothing. You know, granted, I didn't have a great team, but his team won the state title that year. You know, like he's a he's a good quarterback and given, you know, everyone working around him and with him, we can do great things. And I was like, I was sick and tired of, you know, seeing everyone make a narrative out of him just because of a bad game or a bad team, you know, offensive performance, you know. So that's why I was like, you know what, I'll move forward and put our best foot forward. And I, and I totally get it, Jake. Like, I mean, I, it, it makes me sick looking at my mentions because, again, it's my it's my job to report these things, and I, I I I give analysis, but for the most part, I'm just reporting what you guys say and what you guys mm-hmm. do. That's it. That's it. Every now and then, I'll say, you know, something like that could have been better. This area needs to be better. Um, and I, and I'm fine with anyone who wants to do that. I think that's the beauty of sports. It's up for interpretation. You can argue who's the goat, who's overrated, who's underrated. I, I think that that's one of the many things that a lot of people love sports for. Um, but it, it is sickening to, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know Phil incredibly well, but I, I thought, you know, he's been all, he's always been very first class when I've interacted with him, And, uh, 
yeah, no kidding, he's not playing well. But to see people come after him as a person, in my mentions, it doesn't even sit well with me. And, and I'm not his right. teammate. I'm not his friend. I don't hang out with the guy. And just as someone who heart, you know, interacts with them on a week-to-week basis, I guess, it was tough for me Sunday reading through all that stuff and just being like, man, like they're, my name's attached to this. And I didn't have anything to do with it, and I don't feel guilt about that. But I couldn't imagine what it would be like for someone saying that stuff about my friend. And yeah, right. I know I, I, it has to suck. And, you know, that's just not fun. So just wanted to put that out there too, that, you know, like – it's just not fun for anyone. So yeah. we'll move on now to, uh, ironically enough, say something nice, which is what we do on second down. Say something nice about North Carolina. Well, again, we'll go around the circle. We'll start with Gavin. Um, you know, they got a good uh, D-line. They got good linebackers. They got guys that make plays. Um, you know, they haven't really played anybody crazy, I don't think. So I think, you know, when our offense does get rolling, I think we'll be a good match for them, and it'll be an exciting game. Yeah, you know, I I would just say they're fundamentally sound. You know, all the film I watch is just special teams, but they're they're really sound at what they do, and um, they don't do a lot of mental errors, mental mistakes, dumb stuff. You know, they, they're a sound football team, and it'll be a respectful opponent this weekend. Yeah, kind of kind of what Ben said. I mean, they're just about their defense. I mean, their defense is really sound, and you know, they really. They're always trying to keep their gap integrity. You know, they play with fundamentals, techniques, and you know they don't they don't make too many mistakes. They don't they don't give up the big play a lot, and that's what I think. You know, that keeps them in games. You know, makes defense or offense has long drives, and then when their offense has the ball, you know they score. You know, Drake May, you know, call what it is, he's a you know Heisman candidate. You know, and that's the thing. You know, they have a high power offense, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a great match for everyone on the field from special teams to the offense versus their defense, and then from our defense versus their offense, you know, high-octane offense. So, I mean, let's, you know, see what we got in this first uh, ACC matchup. All right. We'll move on now to third down, which is the Jake and Gavin podcast player of the week. And we'll let even we'll let Ben throw someone in there. So, guys, who is your practice player of the week this year Who's who or this week who's looked good in practice? Go ahead, Jake. You want to take it? Um, no, you got it. You got it. We'll keep, the, keep, the <laughs> keep it going in the circle. Yeah, yeah. All right. Same yeah. circle. Um, I'd say Bub, you know, Bub, um, obviously hasn't had that many. I mean, he has had targets, but hasn't really had any, uh, receptions. And I think, like I said, throughout the podcast that this week's going to be the week that our offense clicks. And I think he's going to be a big part of it. So I'd say Bub. Yeah. It's funny. I do a lot of observing at practice. Um, that's a lot of what we do as specs, but, um, <laughs> I love to watch the O-line, D-line go at it, man. And I, I see Tyler Bentley give a lot of effort every day. Um, I like to watch T-Bent play, man. He's a good guy. All right. Yeah, that's, um, I would have to say this week, you know, a guy that's been very under the radar and been doing his job at a really good high level is Blake Sabovic. You know, he's he's played well at left guard, and I think he's going to have a, a big week this week in terms of uh, the blocking schemes, protection, and he's really going to, you know, give us a – Give us a you know chance to succeed on Saturday. That's that's all you need is a chance, and he's going to really you know go out there and have a great game. I think. I'm going to give my practice player of the week pick uh, to Coach Narduzzi simply because on Monday in his press conference he told us that uh, you know a big emphasis this week for you guys was simulating pressure for quarterbacks to throw, and so on Tuesday when I was there watching you guys, I noticed him taking it upon himself 
to simulate that pressure by screaming at the top of his lungs and running in a straight line <laughs> at every quarterback throwing. And, I, and I'm sure like after like 10 minutes, that just became background noise to you guys. But it, it, it was – I could not stop watching it. It was very entertaining <laughs> for me. I, I'm surprised. A, his cardio is that good to like run that many sprints while screaming in a row and keep coming. <laughs> MV, I mean, just the voice. Like, I, I, I'm, I will be shocked if he can talk. So that's my MVP. I don't give a pick often, but I have to give one this week. Um, and last but not least, guys, as we wrap up the show, keys to victory in five words or less. How does Pitt beat North Carolina this week? Come out hot. All right. That's what I got. Do your job. Mm. All that's right. A good one. Um, great details and effort. Great details and effort. All right. Perfect guys. That's <laughs> all we it. got. Any final thoughts as we wrap up another episode of in the trenches? Let's just all go right. one and another this week. Yes, sir. One and on the ACC. Okay. Jake, Gavin, Ben, thanks as always. And thank you to all of our sponsors. Be sure for all of our listeners and viewers to hit that subscribe button. If you haven't already and keep tuning in to the Post-Gazette Sports Down YouTube channel. We will have more pit coverage on here, along with Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, uh, Penn State, Riverhounds, everything else in the city of Pittsburgh. We cover it all on the Post-Gazette Sports Down YouTube channel and podcast network. Take care. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.